Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest on the phone today. She is a RMT in Ottawa. Hey, I'm coming to your hometown. I'm coming. I'm, I'll be there. Uh, Two days. Yeah. When am I leaving? Friday? You're leaving Friday. Yeah, teaching a course in uh, in Ottawa this weekend. All right. Well, hey, everyone. It's Amanda. And we've got Bree on the phone, who is an RMT in Ottawa. She's been practicing 15 years. So we have some experience. Experience, I was going to say in the room. Well, you're, you're in the room with us sort of virtually. And uh, I'm, I'm in the space. Yeah, you're in the space. So we are just going to talk shop today. We actually have no plan, but Brie no wanted to, yeah, Brie wanted to come on and talk massage with us. So before we start, why don't you introduce yourself for people listening a little bit of history about you, what type of practice you have. I've already mentioned that you've been practicing for quite a while and uh, maybe some fun facts about you. Sure. Uh, Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be part of this podcast. Uh, I'm excited to talk shop with you guys today. Uh, A little bit about myself. Uh, As you mentioned, I have been an RMT for 15 years. I uh, started out as a competitive dancer and had a lot of dancers injuries, which is kind of what led me to the injury rehab um, field. And so that's kind of where my focus as an RMT has always been, was more on the let's try and fix the problems aspect. Uh, so through that, I've taken, I mean, countless courses, but primarily uh, I focus on deep tissue, craniosacral therapy, uh, visceral manipulation, um, and I use a lot of neurokinetic therapy. Have you guys heard of that? Yes, we have. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I, I, um, I fell in love with neurokinetic therapy a few years ago, and I actually, so I'm level three certified, and I actually... Um, assist now for the Ottawa courses, level ones and level two. And uh, I, I love it. It's fantastic. Is NKT, is it like the same as, as applied kinesiology? Have you ever heard of no. applied? Is, is it It's different? Yes, I've heard of applied kinesiology. Um, it is different. However, it does uh, use muscle testing. Right. Uh, and it also uh, applies the theory of like the kinetic chain and how things are supposed to move. Gotcha. Because I have a yeah. problem with applied kinesiology, at least the term applied kinesiology. One, it has nothing to do with kinesiology. Yeah. <laughs> and two, I don't think a lot of people realize this, and they should if they're RMTs, like registered massage therapy or massage therapy, like those two terms, massage and therapy or therapeutic massage or anything in those combinations is a protected title in Ontario, reserved for right. only members in good standing with the College of Massage of Ontario. Well, in right. Ontario, kinesiology is also regulated, and therefore the title kinesiologist in any shape or form is also a protected title. So everyone that's running around saying, I do applied kinesiology and using the term kinesiology is actually in contravention of the RHPA with protected title. Yeah, and that's very confusing for the public as well because they would assume then you're a kinesiologist, but just because you're doing applied kinesiology doesn't mean you're a registered kin. Exactly. It's like it's like I don't love that. It's like any body worker running around, someone that does massage because it's in the public domain. It's like anyone that runs around does massage saying, I do massage therapy. You can't use that term. You can't use those terms together. You can't use the term kinesiology in Ontario without being registered. I agree. And I think that's also why, you know, massage therapy gets uh, doesn't get the, the credit that it deserves because there's still confusion in the public between a masseuse and a massage therapist, just like applied kinesiology and a kinesiologist. There's too much confusion, and I think the public doesn't know enough about it. Now, actually, I wanted to ask you, Mark, a question, um, If and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when the pandemic occurred, uh, only 
chiropractors, physiotherapists, and kinesiologists were allowed to provide emergency care, correct? Um, so the, the College of Kin, they didn't jump in and tell people, like, stop treating until, like, way into it. So at the beginning, okay. when physios and chiros were still kind of doing their work, kins were still in that in that thing too, right? The College of, the college of Kin was actually awesome during this time. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was dropping a lot of information into a various massage groups about COVID updates and all the rest of it, and that stuff didn't come from the RMTAO. That stuff didn't come from the CMTO. That stuff, actually, a lot of it came from the College of Kinesiologists of Ontario. And so, like, they were putting out stuff super, super fast. So, like, if you guys recall, for example, when the CMTO said, yeah, we can go back to work, right? I think that happened right. on, like, a Tuesday or a Monday. May 27th. May 27th. Yeah, in the evening is <laughs> when we in found the evening, out. Right? Yeah, so every, everyone kind of found out through the news outlets that, oh, we can yeah. go back yeah, to work, Yeah, my clients right? knew before I did. Exactly, because the College <laughs> of Massage Therapists yeah. didn't put out anything. The College of Kinesiologists put something out that night that said, hey, yeah. effective today, I mean, it's the end of the day. But that email came out at like 9 p.m. at night. Effective today, you can go back to work. In the CMTO's defense, according to them, they had technical difficulties and they attempted to inform us. I will say I will say that because that's the okay, information you know we te- were given. Te- time out, time out. <laughs> technical difficulties with your website, but you have other social platforms makes no sense. Bree's laughing. Me, I'm, right? I'm just, you, you know, got, I'm, hey, I'm being PC. Listen. <laughs> I, you know what, I, I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, that that's absolutely plausible. It, things have happened to me before, but it also sometimes is a cover-up for... Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay, yeah. yes, I'll give you that. Your website might have crashed because you had a billion people trying to get onto your website, but you have other social outlets. CMTO's yeah. got a Twitter account. True. Tweet, yeah. right? They've got a YouTube channel. Freaking make a video. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's other yeah. platforms to get it out on. So getting back to what we were saying about uh, the public not knowing the difference between you know, masseuse, massage therapist, applied kin, and kinesiologist. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we were shut down as massage therapists because due to the pandemic, but other um, other practices, chiro, physios, kins were still allowed to provide emergency care. I was pissed because that to me segregated us away from our colleagues and took away some of that uh, respect that I felt that we deserve to be, you know, we are registered in Ontario specifically. Mm -hmm. So why aren't we being included in this? And it really irked me to the point that I actually emailed our premier, Doug Ford. You, You mean the same premier that didn't even know what massage therapists did and couldn't differentiate us from estheticians? That guy? Which is, yeah. Yes. Which is why uh, my husband was actually quite impressed with that, my email. He looked at me and he was like, wow, you, you came across very professionally and like you're not, you know, jabbing in any kind of way. And I was like, well, you know, if they don't know any better, then I'm going to inform them and let them know. So that was the, the premise behind my email was just, look, hey, we are registered. We deserve to be on the same platform. And I never got a response back. And that was never necessarily my intent. But it was just, here's the information. Here's what you need to know. And we need to be on the same stage as these other practitioners because we deserve it. We've done the work and I don't understand why we're being held back. But was it, I didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't think that it was up to the Ministry of Health or even the government at all whether or not we worked. I thought our directive came from the CMTO based on their guidance, but it was, I think ultimately it was the college that said nothing we do is emergency and therefore we can't work. Yeah. And that, that might, may be entirely true. Um, but I also felt like just 
even if I could just get to some level of government, mm-hmm. that maybe there could be some information. Um, but I disagree with the college because I have patients who um, don't want to see a Cairo. Maybe they've had a bad experience with them and no amount, no amount of me convincing them and, and referring to uh, respected colleagues of mine will get them to go. Um, maybe they are in an area that doesn't have other therapists. Maybe they're rural and there's yep. only one massage therapist in the town. And well, we know now, guy, those yeah. patients, now, now those patients who are either in chronic or acute pain can't get the care that they need by a trusted practitioner. And in part of my email was that, you know, saying these patients are now going to uh, seek the assistance of the medical field for any type of uh, analgesic to try and relieve the pain that they're going through. And I think that the hospitals are more than enough dealing with what they're going, what what they've got going on. I agree with you there. I think that a lot of people actually, I feel like a lot of people that were, that are in some sort of pain or discomfort that were normally seeing a massage therapist for these types of things. I feel like most of them just did nothing. I feel like they didn't bother going to physio or Cairo because they had their trusted person that they would see, which is the registered massage therapist. And on top top of that, I think there was a general fear about going out and being in a place where there are quote unquote sick people, like going to see your doctor or going to the hospital or anything like that. So there was a whole bunch of people that went without care. But on top of that, I think the CMTO, and I have no fucking basis for saying anything that I'm saying right now. I think the CMTO did what they did because it had the major appearance that massage therapists, us collectively in Ontario, couldn't figure out what to do and kept asking for guidance. And therefore the CMTO is like, at least this is my opinion. I feel like the CMT is like, listen, if you guys can't fucking figure out what you need to do and you can't make decisions on your own, we'll make the decision for you. And the decision is this. You cannot practice. I feel like that's what happened. Well, so here's the thing. I I can see both sides of the coin. I can understand people being really upset, especially if you work in the type of setting where you're dealing with people with chronic pain, which I have a lot of chronic pain patients, if you're dealing with people who have massage therapy as part of their regular health and wellness program that keeps them functional. Like I I do agree with you, Brie, that there are some people that really, really need my services. I'm sure there's some people that really, really need your your treatments as well. Let's say they rely on it heavily. They rely exactly. They rely on it heavily. So I I can see where there should have probably been some space for therapy who who do provide some kind of very necessary care to be able to use the professional judgment and provide emergency or urgent care. However, there was for a few days. But again, as Mark said, then it turned into this shitstorm of nobody really being able to decipher, well, what does that mean? What's urgent? Because there's nobody that's ever going to die if they don't get a massage. And that's true. So it really depended on your definition of emergency. And as healthcare professionals, yes, should we have been given... um, the ability to use professional judgment. Yes. But at the same time, this was also right at the beginning. You know, we are in this global pandemic and everybody, as Mark said, is even afraid to go see their doctor. So something like massage therapy, initially, I could understand it being like, okay, nobody goes to work. It wasn't urgent. Right. It's not urgent. Nobody goes to work. The amount of time we were out of work, I I felt bordered on excessive. Um, And again, not being able to use judgment, I feel like that sort of that um, 
that privilege should have been given back to us where we could use judgment where, you know, I've got a client okay. right now who's got this horrible Can pain. I ask you a question then? Let's assume, just for the sake of right now, let's assume the CMTO did make the decision to say massage therapy needs to stop because maybe they're feeling so many freaking questions of can I do this? Can I do that? What's urgent? What isn't? So let's assume that that was the case. Did they make the right decision? I think so. I, I do. I think they made the right decision in the beginning because there yeah. was just too many questions marks and I feel like everybody just needed to the stay home for the a beginning, little while. Everyone had to. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, the fucking CDC doesn't know what's going on. Exactly. So the world needs to shut down a little bit, right? So I can't expect the CMTO to yeah. know what's going on if the CDC doesn't know what's going on and the federal government doesn't know what's going on, right? So right. I, can't, I don't expect that from the CMTO. But at the end of the day, when they decided to say, listen, massage therapy stops, right? And let's assume their, their decision to do so was based on the, the inability for massage therapists to exercise their ability to make judgment calls. Did they do the right thing here? I still say yes. I don't know. Bree, what do you think? I feel like Bree's going to say no. I think overall they made the best decision at the time with what they knew. And I agreed that, yes, we were not initially essential, that, you know what, people could go a month without us. But at that point, the the whole thing with them saying, okay, you know, you guys can go back to work, but it has to be gradual. Well, the, the gradual reentry should have been after a month saying, you know, we um, we will permit you to go back to work as long as, you know, you basically can justify that you need to see these patients because they are an emergency situation, because you're the lone massage therapist in the, um, you know, in the town. Um, and that should have been our gradual reentry. There were a lot of people, I know there was a, there's a Facebook group uh, here in Ottawa for um, registered massage therapists and, uh, you know, a big thread where we all talked about uh, how some people were just not comfortable, even after the, the two and a half months we were off, they were not, they were still not comfortable going back to work based on their situation. Maybe they were living with elderly or immune, immunocompromised. There's still people There's still who are people, not. Exactly. Yeah. So I think there, there was not enough, uh, responsibility put back on us to make those judgment calls as to what was um, what was emergency and and not. But maybe maybe the college knows the the province better than we do in terms of who they can you know how they felt like they trust us. You know maybe that maybe there's more to the story that we don't actually know. But. There's there's more to the story that we do actually know because even when we were given the directive that we could return to work gradually. You're, I mean, at the end of the day, the college was never going to make a decision that made everybody happy, right? No. There are people, as oh. you said, that still don't feel that we should be working there, are, you know, which is fine, then don't go back to work. But even when we were given the directive that we could gradually restart, there were people like myself that prioritized my clients, and I started back very slowly seeing maybe two people a day and you know, all of this stuff. There were people that by May 29th, had a full schedule. Oh, yeah. like, so, I like mean, how chains, is that gradual? How like, is that gradual? Like dying to open back Exactly. Up, right? They just went right back in full force. Yeah. So then on one hand, you've got three of us who have been in the field for a long time saying, you know, we're professionals, we can use our judgment, we know what's urgent, and we could have prioritized. But are we the majority of therapists in the province? I don't know. The other thing is, it. De- I think it depends on the other modalities that the practitioner is doing. And maybe that's why on May 29th, someone was fully booked because maybe their primary thing, like myself, I do a lot of NKT. I don't do a lot of relaxation. Mm-hmm. I've got people coming in with limps and, you know, asking me to do my, what they call voodoo magic on them so that they can leave. Um, so there's a lot of those types of modalities that I think are important that creates 
the availability for us to be more of those emergency practitioners than just the, oh, I need a massage, I need to relax. However, I did, um, I anticipated when I came back, I anticipated a lot of people wanting that relaxation massage because they're so stressed out by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But believe it or not, I ended up with more new patients than my existing patients coming back because sure, maybe some of my existing patients, either they don't need it or they're afraid to come uh, come out and be out in the public. Uh, but I had a lot more new patients and all of them were seeking acute pain management because they've been sitting and they've mm-hmm. been not Work moving, from home, you know, yeah. The work from home situation. So everybody was in pain, not necessarily stressed out. And I feel like a lot of the patients that you've already had, they, you, they've been given their home care, so they've been managing themselves, and, they've been, and they manage somehow during, during yeah. a shutdown. So maybe they don't feel it so urgent to get back in. I mean, what do I know? But that could be part of the... Well, part yeah, of I had why. some of my previous clients email me when I reopened saying like, you know, it's nice to hear from you. I'm happy you're back. Thanks for the information. We'll let you get through your priority patients first, and we'll connect with you in the fall. Like they were doing okay, Absolutely. because as you said, they had figured out what to do. And I also made myself available. Like I told people, email me if you need, you know, if you need new exercises or if you're struggling, you know, I, not a lot of people took advantage of it, but yeah, I had some people send me an email like, Hey, you know, my upper back is killing me. These were the exercises I was doing. Do you have any other tips? And, you know, we would just communicate over email. Um, I want to ask you about NKT because you used the term voodoo magic. And there are people who, um, who there's probably people who don't know what NKT is. There are also people who don't believe that it's based in evidence. And then there are people who swear that it is voodoo magic. Can you give people a little <laughs> bit of a rundown of what NKT is, um, what kind of science is behind it, and you know how you've been incorporating it into your practice and the types of results you're, you've been getting from it? Sure. Um, so NKT stands for neurokinetic therapy. Neuro meaning nerve, kinetic meaning you know how the body is supposed to move in that chain. Um, And so what neurokinetic therapy does is uses muscle testing to determine where there's dysfunction between the brain and the muscle. Uh, But as you go along in uh, NKT, they will start um, teaching you how to test things like ligaments that don't have a muscle contraction. So it's really uh, interesting to be able to tap into how the neural pathways um, translate from brain to uh, their end point, wherever that may be, and figuring out where that dysfunction is. And we all understand compensation patterns that when you um, sprain your ankle, as an example, you now have a limp. Well, the right side where you sprained your ankle uh, is underworking because it's injured, but now your left side has to overwork. It has to pick up the slack. So there's lots of compensation patterns that happen in the body through either surgeries, injuries, or repetitive patterns. So it becomes a little overwhelming when you start to think about how many compensation patterns there can be in the body. Um, But it's really cool when you start pairing out those dysfunctions and seeing the results that when uh, someone comes in with one issue, you will be able to quickly assess them and quickly treat them right back into how their normal functioning should be. 
Um, I've found really cool compensation patterns that have nothing to do with the area that they came in with. Um, perfect example, I had a lady come in with anterior head carriage and she said to me, I have neck pain. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, no shit. <laughs> of course, of course your neck hurts. <laughs> your head it's entered forward. the room before you did, of course. <laughs> right? It's a good party um, and through And through the uh, NKT protocol, the assessment, I figured out that her problem was actually coming from the bottoms of her feet. And because it was summertime, she was wearing flip-flops. Um, David Weinstock, who's the founder of NKT, he, he, um, he's based out of San Francisco, so it's very hilly. And obviously, they wear a lot of um, sandals there. He calls flip-flops neck fuckers because... <laughs> <laughs> And that's his term, not mine. Um, <laughs> Neckfucker means something completely different to me. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. He, he, he calls them that because the plantar aspect of the foot has to work overtime to keep the flip-flop on your foot because it doesn't have a strap holding it on the back. So now the plantar aspect, which anatomically is part of the posterior chain, is now overworking. So you've got point A that's at the very bottom part of your body and point B being the neck, you know, all the way at the top, you've got the two ends of them in opposition. So one of them has to compensate. So the feet were overworking. So the neck had to compensate by jetting forward. Well, it jetted forwards and it's sitting here going, what the heck? I really don't like being stuck forward like this. So the neck is going to start complaining. It's like, uh, excuse me, can we get out of this position? So, um, through the, the testing, the protocol and whatnot, I was able to determine her feet were the problem. And I treated the feet and woke up the neck and put it back into place. And that was it. And she looked at me like, I came in with a neck issue and you treated my feet. That's voodoo. And I'm like, it's not voodoo. <laughs> well, and so this is what I mean is there are people who are going to say, you know, where how do you back this up? Because again, a lot of current research is saying things like, you know, posture and pain are, are not um, are not related. And what you just explained is that her her posture was causing pain and also that the postural problem was coming from her feet and affecting her neck. So is there a lot of evidence to support this type of therapy? Like, I mean, I'm all for stuff that works. As I've said many times, I do reflexology. People think that I'm a crazy person and I'm okay with that because I've seen, I have seen results from it. But to somebody who is very skeptical, is there information to support these this type of therapy that you do? Honestly, off the top of my head and in front of me, I have nothing to say to support in terms of like a like a research you study, what, though, a, a paper, things like that. If we look hard enough, we'll find it. We'll find it, yeah. Because if you look hard <laughs> well, enough, yeah, you'll find exactly. research that will support anything. Yeah, I'm sure it's out there and... Um, I, the way I I love skeptics, I love when people come in and they just kind of look at me like, okay, sure. What are you going to do? And I'm like, Hmm, give me five minutes. Um, so I just tell them, did it work? You know, you can look at me like I'm a crazy person and you know, you have no idea how I connected A to B. You don't need to know how I connected A to B. Did it work? Are you out of pain? Mm. Great. See you in, you know, in, in about a month when something else happens or something else gets uncovered. So um, the research behind it, I'm sure there's actual research papers um, that have proven all of this. I don't have them in front of me. I can't cite them. I'm sure I could find them for you after the no, fact. That's, oh, that's okay. Uh, that's it was another podcast. The, that's for yeah. another day. The, <laughs> the proof is always in the pudding for me. I've used it time and time again. I've definitely run into snags where I'm sitting there going, 
I have no idea where this is coming from. Um, actually, I have a really cool story. Do you guys have time to hear it? Uh, we got all the time in the world. Cool. <laughs> so um, one of the other really cool stories that I had was a 13-year-old girl. Um, her mother, her, her parents come to me as regular patients. Um, and they brought her in to me because she was having muscle weakness on her left leg to the point where she, it was kind of hard for her to wait bare because she didn't trust herself. And I'm like, okay, well, did she have an injury? Did she have a surgery? What does she do on a regular basis? They said she hasn't injured herself. She's never had surgery. And she goes to school. She comes home. She has no uh, like physical hobbies, that sort of thing. I'm like, okay. So that puts that out. And so I started testing her to try and figure out where this muscle weakness was coming from. Like I was getting desperate to the point where I was checking her earlobes to see if that's where it was coming from. Um, and then her mother said to me, you know, I wonder if this has to do with the car accident we were in 10 years ago. And I'm like, duh, of course it does, <laughs> because everything that has ever happened to you has something to do with what your body is presenting with today. There's always uh, a, another facet to the story. So as much as you may have gone to Cairo Physio Massage at the time, there's always more to the story that will show up later on. So I asked her to uh, give me the information again. I said, remind me how the accident happened. She said they were driving along and they, she doesn't know exactly what happened, but all of a sudden they flipped upside down. And I said, did you Ooh. turn left or did you turn right? And she kind of looked at me like, why is that important? I'm like, of course it's important. It, you know, your body's either rotating left, which is going to cause a rotational issue, or it's going to rotate right. She's like, okay, uh, I think we rotated left. I was like, perfect. And so I said, well, how long were you guys upside down for? She goes, oh, I don't know. She goes, my husband would know. I said, call him right now because he knows, he knows the method to my madness sometimes and my weird, crazy questions. So we call him at work. And he's like, hey, what can I do for you? And I said, how long were you guys upside down for? He goes, mm, anywhere from two to five minutes. I said, perfect. Thanks. Hung up the phone. <laughs> I said, I'll let you know how it goes after. He goes, okay. So I said, okay, mom. When she was three years old, she was in a five-point harness, which means she was upside down and she was her hips and her shoulders were compressed, but her spine was decompressed. And if her spine was decompressed, every time she is growing right now, her spine is decompressing and it's re-triggering her back into that moment that happened. And because they rotated left, it was her left leg that was not getting the feeling. So I was like, this is really cool. So I said, mom, you're, I'm glad you're here today because you're going to help me. And she helped me by gently compressing her head, like nice and straight. So pushing her, her neck back in and I compressed her from her feet. So from both ends, we were gently compressing her spine back into uh, its place. And within four and a half minutes, all of a sudden it just, I can't describe it. It just kind of clicks into place. It's not like a chiropractic click. It was just something clicked where I was like, okay, she's there. I said, let go. I brought her leg up and all of a sudden she had feeling and connectivity and strength back in her leg. And we all kind of looked at each other with these wide eyes, like what just happened? But voodoo, I followed the, voodoo, <laughs> but I followed the breadcrumbs and they looked at me and they're like, I don't know how you do what you do, but it worked. And I said, see, you don't need a research paper to tell you that it works. It either works or it doesn't work. Come and experience it for yourself. So not every case is like that. A lot of them are pretty straightforward, but that was definitely one that I scratched my head at because I had even 
seen her once, sent her back to her Cairo just in case there was something like uh, a tumor pressing on her spinal cord. So I, I asked for x-rays. X-ray came back clear. The Cairo had no idea, sent her back to me. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm going to do here. So um, techniques like NKT like that help you to understand compensation patterns, help you understand old injuries and where things come from. And it all comes down to asking the right question. Can I ask you a question about the training for NKT? Sure. How many levels are there? Three. And I know like you, 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 you TA classes and you're involved with the teaching of it, but yeah. do, do we really need three levels? Like, I, yes. I, I, I don't know. Tell me, tell me a little bit about the levels and like what, what happens in level two that doesn't happen in level one, that type of thing. Okay. So level one, we go through every single muscle test in the body. Okay. That takes time. So like, I mean, how many muscles? We got over 200 muscles. So there's over 200 tests that we've got to do and we've got to go through so that you understand what those tests are. Um, then it's also practicing how to muscle test because okay. it really comes down to touch. We're not strength testing. Mm -hmm. We are testing the nerve connectivity to that muscle. It is, can the brain find the muscle and resist me in the, the motion that I'm asking you to do that will allow that connectivity of that muscle? So we're being very, we're isolating that muscle saying, I want you to do your job and can you find me here? If there's a weak muscle test, that is what tells me that there's uh, a disturbance in that pathway, that that's what needs to be addressed. And so, then we go along the protocol so to find out after. If we were to put a needle in that muscle and measure the electrical activity of that muscle, so it would show that there's a reduction in electrical activity in the same way you're palpating a reduction in strength capability? I don't know, but that would be really cool to find out. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> I, I would assume. There's your research. <laughs> you know, I, right? I would assume that they would be parallel to each other, right. um, but I can't say for sure because I don't work with needles. Mm -hmm. I don't work with machines that can uh, assess that sort of thing, but that would be really cool. Yeah, it would actually. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I, get, I get the feel for level one. So then what happens in level two? Um, so, and also just in level one, you learn the protocol. So okay. you learn how to find those those pairs. So level two, um, you start branching on the fact that um, you, can, you start understanding the body's movement and how it rotates, how it compresses or decompresses. So we get into um, more specific things like subsystems. Um, so like the deep longitudinal system that follows, is it Thomas Meyer? Yeah. yeah. Anatomy no. trains. Yeah. Anatomy Meyer? trains. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we, we follow those subsystems mm -hmm. and we find those pairs within those subsystems. So we kind of, we give it to you uh, in a large scale at first, which is extremely overwhelming. And then if you make it to level two, that's when we go, okay, so here's a bit of the shortcut. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And here's, here's the real like things to follow. So like a runner comes into you and they're complaining about uh, like a hamstring pain or something like that. We can give you a subsystem that would most likely narrow down your choices of where you're going to look. Mm -hmm. So, um, so level two kind of really helps you to kind of put it all together. Level three then takes it above and beyond where we teach how to find um, the dysfunctions 
through an indicator muscle using muscle testing. So how do you test a ligament that doesn't have contractile tissue? You have to find an indicator muscle. You have to use an indicator muscle to tell you if that ligament is going to be dysfunctional or not, which is really cool. We do um, hyoids. We do scars. We do eyes. So a lot of really cool shit. (laughs) It is really cool. So we did have somebody who does NKT come to one of our free education and networking events to do a one hour talk. And she used me as a demo body. So I have a I've got so many chronic injuries in my ankle. Honestly, like I'm at the point where I don't even know what ligaments are damaged now. I'm going to say all of them. So (laughs) she had me, you know, she did some of her tests or whatever for my ankle. And she ended up working on I want to say she was working on my TFL or something. I don't even remember now it was so long ago but she was she was working in my hip and all of a sudden she's like okay now get up and balance on your ankle I could never balance on my left ankle it literally feels like I'm just going to crumble to the ground and I don't know in probably 10 minutes of her working somewhere in my hip I stood on my left ankle so I like I mean I've seen it I've seen it but I also said to her I'm like what okay what did you just do and then I started questioning like you know did she do something or was I expecting the positive result but I'm with you guys where I don't give a shit if it's placebo or whatever if it worked it worked I stood on my left ankle and I hadn't done that in years so I was like all right cool I'm a believer you got me yeah it's it's really, really cool stuff. And again, this is where the health history forums, asking all the history questions and doing the assessments. Um, we do things like perturbation. So finding out where the body holds its weight in space. That tells me a lot of where the compensation patterns are. Um, I, I I understand why, why some people think that, you know, it's voodoo and, well, why are you working on a completely different area than what I'm talking about? And I, I just recently did a... Uh, a pain analogy video to help describe what it's like. But I often use another uh, example that might help people more relatable that help them understand. So in high school, we all had to pair up doing um, projects, right? And I was paired up with this girl in science class. I think it was grade nine or grade 10. Anyway, uh, grade nine, when we had to do the um, a anatomy of a cell. So we had to create something. A lot of people did like they baked cakes to use it as like the cytoplasm. They used, you know, M&Ms for like the mitochondria, that kind of stuff. So we got together on a on a Sunday and we did our project. And then Monday morning we come in and there's no cake. And I was like, where's the cake? She goes, my brother ate my the cake. And I was like, what the fuck? I was so mad. That would have been me, by the way. My so, dog ate my homework note. My brother ate right? our cake. Oh my god! So, Your mitochondria. So we up the work fifty-fifty, <laughs> right? We both we both did the work, and then Monday morning comes along, and there's no project. So I taught. I pulled the teacher aside, and I said, "Look, we both did the project on Sunday, and there's no project here." She's like, "Well, if there's no project, I can't give you." Uh, a mark. And I said, well, look, give me the opportunity. I will have it here by like Wednesday or something like that. Give me, give me two days and to do the project so that I can, you know, do the work. Well, this is a perfect example of we both did the work, but then we get there and there's no project. Well, who's going to complain? The one who did the work or the one who didn't do the work? We're both just nodding at each other. We're just staring at each other <laughs> like, oh, right, okay. Mike, yeah, okay, okay, we should yeah, say something. Yeah, yeah, we should, yeah, we should talk. It's the, one, it's the one who, like, I did the work, but then she dropped the ball. Right. She was the weakness. And here I am screaming, well, the problem isn't me. The problem was her. Mm. So in the body, when someone's complaining about one area being sore, that's probably the one 
probably, not always, it's probably the one overworking and doing too much work. But it could also be the one who's hanging on by a thread saying, someone please help me. Uh, so that's why we do the testing to figure out who is actually who actually needs to be addressed. Who ate the cake? To, <laughs> we yeah. just want to know who the fuck ate the cake. <laughs> Her brother. Her brother <laughs> ate the cake. Sure. You know what though? See, massage therapists understand that. I know even in my practice, when I when somebody comes in and they have their primary complaint, and I start doing assessments. Obviously, I don't do NKT, so my assessing looks very different than yours. But I do my assessments, and very often. I'm going to find compensation patterns or I'm going to find an area that, okay, this, you know, because this muscle's weak, that's why this one's overworking. And so I do end up working in a completely different place. And uh, yeah, I mean, therapists understand that. What would you yeah, but, say? But, oh, sorry. Go but, ahead. I think, <laughs> I think uh, one of the things that we want to, at least I saw this in one of the Facebook groups and I totally agreed with what was happening. Someone said something like, oh, I've got a patient or client that's got uh, a lateral epicondylitis issue, blah, 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 blah. How would you guys approach this? And there were so many people that jumped in and were like, uh, go to the shoulder, go to the rotator cuff, go to this because that, that can you know, cause problems down at the elbow. And then someone clearly hopped in and said, like, why would you start there? Like, why wouldn't you start at the problem area? area at first and then span yes. out so i was yep. i was going to ask about that with the nkt stuff and some of the nkt therapists are they so like so into nkt stuff that sometimes they totally skip like yeah. let's go to the source <laughs> no. of, of the, no, of no, the no. discomfort first and then let's let's look outward or the, where you're feeling the pain could be where it's coming from but we also need to there's something else that still needs to balance out absolutely. somewhere else yeah for sure so absolutely yeah, absolutely. We're going to like I'm going to palpate and feel to see what's going on there because if I if I don't feel any tone in the area that you're feeling pain, that tells me one thing. If I'm feeling tone in the area where you're feeling pain, that tells me another thing. So yeah. of course you need to physically touch the area. Yeah. You need to get them to physically move and see where that range of motion but it, is. It just but, it, to me it just struck me as an odd response that the like the first line of someone's therapeutic intervention would have been I'm going to start here instead of even looking into that the, may the also be area. somebody just flexing their muscle uh, right like I, I think it. in this day yeah. and age Look with social media exactly with social media <laughs> and with the fact that there are NKT therapists then there are you know people who do matrix repatterning. There are people who do visceral manipulation, structural integration. There's so many different systems. There's so many different uh, schools of thought within our profession that I feel like people feel the need to show, well, look what I can do and look what I know. And I understand the body better because I think Oh, there's a lot of um, competition. There's a lot of competition and a lot of there's honestly there's a lot of <laughs> arguing amongst massage it's therapists. It's a two-hander. Stroke it. <laughs> <You're disgusting. laughs> my ego. My ego. Yeah, your my ego. ego. <laughs> I, That's his so, name. Ego. Like, if, if someone asked me, if someone asked me, you know, what do you think about this? I would never tell them to go and look in the shoulder for an elbow pain if they didn't know what NKT was. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So uh, I would either you know, like try and ask them, okay, well, what's your background? How can I help you within what you know, to then guide you into that direction? But unless you know, NKT, and obviously, in NKT, we're not allowed to recommend things above their level. So if you only have a level one, I'm not going to tell you a level three thing to do, because you haven't learned how to do that yet. Mm. And so that's how that's how you end up hurting patients is by doing something that you don't know how to do. So um, I, I wouldn't I, I think I, I agree with you with the whole like they're just flexing their muscles unless they actually know that person knows what they 
what they know how to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and not always if an elbow pain is going to be a shoulder pain. It most likely sometimes is an elbow pain is an elbow pain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Go it figure. depends on what they what they do. You know, if they're a golfer, well, clearly I'm going to start going. Okay, well, can I watch your golf swing and see where you're compensating because there's a weakness somewhere, and your body's going to try and make up for that. Where there's a yin, there's a yang everywhere. Absolutely. So for people that, you know, RMTs who have never taken any other type of system like NKT, can you speak to when you when you went into level one, were you mm-hmm. like, this is completely different from everything I know? Did it feel like you were learning something totally different or did you feel like it was building on your existing knowledge? Um, I was absolutely blown away. Like I was sitting there practically with my mouth open, just going, why hasn't this been taught before? Like I almost felt like this should have been in primary massage school with understanding how issues like come to life. I, I definitely think it was something that added to what I already knew, but it also was just completely different in the way that we look at injuries. And I, I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I loved it. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think something like that can happen so early into someone's career. I mean, no. if you remember back when you're in massage school, I mean, I was, I was a decent student, but there were so many people that were just struggling with that material. Imagine yeah, throwing absolutely. this into the mix. They'd be like, what yeah. the fuck? Well, and this also seems heavily neurological. And I think a lot of, at least students in my class really struggled with even trying to comprehend neural pathways and stuff. I don't know if yeah. they would have been ready for this. No. However, it, yeah, it does sound like it's a complete different way of looking at injuries and that that's why I find so fascinating about this profession and why you know sometimes the little arguments online make me laugh because there's validity in so many different things and I think I mean education is just power just understanding what's out there and what can happen you know if I had a client that I had been working with for years and years and I felt like I wasn't getting it and I knew somebody like Brie who did NKT and I'm like hey you know what it's not it's not harmful Go try it out. If you could get something done that I couldn't get done, I'm happy yeah. for it. And I've definitely been in a situation where uh, my partner at the office, uh, I had finished my day and I was just sitting at the office doing my paperwork and stuff. And she had started her day. And uh, about 10 minutes into her treatment, she comes out, she pops her head out and she goes, can I borrow your brain for a second? Uh, sure. She asked me to come into the treatment and said, you know, uh, you know, here's the situation with what's going on with her, and I can't figure out what's going on. Can you use your NKT knowledge to help me so that I can figure out what's going on? I said, yeah, sure. So I just quickly test, 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 test. Okay, that's where it's coming from. And she was like, holy crap. Like she kind of, like my my partner even kind of looked at me like, wow, like that was really fast how you did that. And I said, it doesn't have to be extensive. It just, you know, is this getting a message? Is this getting a message? Is this getting a message? And then I just told her kind of quickly where the issue was. And she's like, thanks. And I'm great. See you later. So there's definitely been times that people have asked me for their expertise on on certain things. I've gotten referrals from them because they know that I know how to do this kind of stuff. And they go, you know, just go to Bree. She'll figure that out for you. And, um, and, and I never like it's not like I'm stealing the patient. It's like, yeah, I'll work on it and do whatever I need to do. And then you'll pop back over to your other therapist because you you go to them for a certain reason because they've either got a modality or you've got a, a good relationship with them. So 
Um, I, I like being able to inter-refer with other um, practitioners based on what they do. And I've definitely done that before where I have um, come across a situation with visceral manipulation. I only have my level one. And I know another um, massage therapist who has her level four. So I came across something and I went, you know what? I think there's more to the story here. I'm going to send you to her and uh, go have that fixed up and then come back when you're done. And she you know, patients like, wow, that's great. Thanks. So I don't know everything. NKT is not the be all end all of everything. It's it's pretty fantastic. But, um, you know, it's not the one cure all to everything. Um, and, and I don't think any therapist knows everything. No. I think there's always something to learn from every therapist. And I think we all need to be more open about inter-referring within our profession. Mark's chuckling. Is it because you think you know everything? No, no I'm kidding. I know, I, I know people that think they know everything. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's what I, I, like I said, I love I hearing from different people who practice different types of modalities and, you know, do things differently than I do, because I know that my patients come in, they love what I do, we get results, and it's fantastic. But I, I, I see value in so many different things. Visceral manipulation. We don't have time today because I know that you have to run mm-hmm. to an appointment in maybe 10, 15 minutes. So yep. I, I think that we will probably need to have Bree back to talk oh, about that sure. because I have so many questions sure. about visceral, um, especially sure. after we did our free virtual event uh, back in June. I don't know. Um, Conant Institute hosted a one a day one live day stream. live stream education like event. We had hours. like we had like 10 speakers, I think. It was great. And we had someone come on talking about Chine Song, which is somewhat similar to visceral manipulation in that it's all abdominal work. Um, it's a, anyway, it, it was, an it was very Chinese ancient abdominal Chinese abdominal massage. massage and it was really cool. interesting, but there were some therapists who got a little up in arms about the fact that him talking about viscera is outside of scope. And I was like, well, wait, 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 just a second. We have, RMTs who do visceral manipulation. So we definitely <laughs> need to do another episode hey, where you inform he, us about and he, that. And he was like, and his response was like, well, in RMT school, didn't you learn how to do a constipation treatment? Exactly. Like, what do you think that was doing? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Working on intestines yeah. is not visceral. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So yeah, definitely, yeah. Bree, we're going to have to have another chat when we've got more time another day because I've got so many questions for you. I'm like, I'm I... sad. I'm sad that you have to go soon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would love to come back. Please write down all your questions and uh, let me know. You know, I, I, I love having conversations about our profession. I love I love sharing information. I love sharing what I know. I love learning what other people know. Um, and I think uh, more of us need to do this kind of stuff so that we can come together instead of, you know, being so so separate all the time. I was going to say, maybe she should be our Ottawa person. Then I stopped myself from saying that because I don't think you remember this. You were Mark's Ottawa person. No, 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 no. no. I, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> way, way back when, when we first started doing our continuing education stuff, before we started traveling anywhere, I connected with you on Twitter way yeah. back when, right? And then we, yeah. we, I think we just went back and forth a couple times about maybe bringing courses to Ottawa. And then I think I might have sent a message, oh, this would be perfect. You can be like our, our, our Ottawa information person. And then yeah. I don't think I ever heard from you again. And I, thought, <laughs> and I thought, holy shit, I just creeped out this girl big time. So I was kind of um, refraining from saying that again right now. You can be our Ottawa person. <laughs> I will completely apologize because <laughs> I remember that conversation, um, but I deleted my Twitter account. So that's what happened with that. <laughs> so she, di- she didn't just block you. <laughs> I 
didn't well, block you. you know, if, it was not did, personal. It... it had nothing to do with you. Um, I had, you know, we had that conversation. I completely forgot because it was in the messages. And there was just one day I was just fed up with Twitter and I just got off Twitter. And so I completely apologized. Oh, and I'm funny. so glad we were able to reconnect. And I'm, I'm glad you didn't hold any hostility to me. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, at the end of the day, that was probably the correct action for you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do remember that because it was back when I had my own clinic and I was excited to be able to, I think I was, uh, we were going to host it at my clinic. Mm-hmm. That's why. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we, we are, we are slowly starting to travel again, obviously only within Ontario and Mark will be coming to Ottawa very soon. Yeah. So yeah, you guys can reconnect again when things go slightly back to normal and uh, Let's get together and sit out on a patio where it's safe and. Uh, and actually meet face to face because we've only ever met virtually and and I think uh, yeah if you're in Ottawa call me up right on all Get right together. <laughs> before we wrap up today Bree is there anything else that you wanted to say or anything any any little pieces of advice for anybody listening um well I I first want to thank both of you uh, for having me on I. I'm very appreciative and I, I love being able to talk shop with, uh, with any massage therapist. Um, what I want people to know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, you can look me up. Uh, I'm the only Brie Bouvier in the world. So if you just Google my name, uh, everything about me will come up. <laughs> You're really inviting stalkers into your life right now. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you want to know more about me, uh, that's how you can do that. And then, you know, people can connect with me through just like I said just google my name and I'm up there uh and and if they want to know anything more about what I talked about feel free to contact me and I have no problem um having a chat awesome well we will definitely have you back on Brie to talk more since this was a bit of a shorter chat today but thank you so much for hanging out with us yeah thanks this has been a good time we'll uh we'll send you a message later today and we'll we'll schedule something sounds good great thanks so much guys right on you guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone peace